Welcome to The Lisa Show. Hey, we should be having this conversation over lunch. Welcome to the Council of Moms. Here today with us, we have... I'm Rebecca. I'm the mother of seven, and all of my kids have special needs. I am Ashley Reeves, a mom of four. Gainaline Condi. We just recently had a conversation where my almost 25-year-old said, you weren't helicopter parents, you were bulldozer parents, and maybe that term <gasps> is unfamiliar. And I was like, what's bulldozer? And I thought, like, wait, we bulldozed you? Yeah. And he's I mean? like, what you didn't do, you didn't helicopter, you just tried to keep pushing out of the way the oh. thing I was about to hit. Interesting. And he said, and I get why you did that. Right? Yeah. Right? And and I could see the wisdom of that. And I also have learned, and I can see looking back, um, that I bulldozed too many things out of the way. And that's always hindsight. Like, I was just telling my college daughter this, who's a freshman, and, and she's wrestling with her own adjustments and change. I just said, When you were learning to walk, I knew you had to fall down. That was so part of the process. But there were moments when you would fall down near the coffee table that was hard and that I didn't want you to hit your head. And so I said, as a parent, you're constantly trying to address, is this a moment where they fall and it's effective or they fall and then we're running to the ER? And Mm -hmm. I think as, as parenting adult children, I am becoming i'm becoming more comfortable with not bulldozing the the block in the road out of their way because i know that they learn those skills quicker if they have to face some of it but once again that old story in my head is will be this be the thing and i think if you live in a family like our family yeah. where my 40 year old sister died by suicide yeah. i had a sister die when i was 10 she was 2 when there's been some trauma the worst case scenario literally has played out in our yeah. life. Yeah, and so your brain is trying to. Yes. Like, I can't let keep you make this mistake because there's no coming back from it. Yes, yeah. yes, and so, so I. Yeah, so yeah. now that my children are older, we do get to have some different conversations, and and, yeah. and 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 I pray, you know, I believe in the power of prayer as well that that then they'll know that in our family we keep having the conversation. Yeah, we just keep trying to have the conversation. Yeah. That's good advice. Yep, that's true. Because sometimes they're not ready for it now. Yeah, I think I, I think that there's so much wisdom in that because we do. We, we Thanks, Rebecca. No one on tells me I'm wise very often. So I appreciate <laughs> this. Could no, we do we, this in, next in our... week too on a Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> get... Don't just have a weekly call. I, I, yes. I only heard $200. Oh, good. Okay. I, I, no, You've earned it I, all. I, You've earned it all, Rebecca. Uh, no. Well, there's wisdom. We, it is interesting in our, in our quest to not give our children um i do see i see that in my own kids in my quest to have my younger kids now that my, my my most difficult tricky child who's who's not in our home and hasn't been in our home for quite a while i work very hard to create a different um childhood for the children that are left behind to kind of make up for for some of that stuff but i i realize even just in you saying that how i have bulldozed things out of the way and they don't have the stamina or the skill set um to, to handle some of these things because my own you know my own trauma and my own 
with the word, like feeling embarrassed or wishing I could do better. Like I want, you know, want to try well, again. But it's um, hard it, to it's adjust. Yeah. It's yeah. the vain it's regrets, for- which we can't do anything about because yeah. yeah. we yeah. know more this week than we knew last week. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I absolutely do not know if this is right. So you guys, especially with older children, might think this is laughable. But one thing that I have been trying to do with my kids is I do explain my mental health to them a lot. So if I have a day where I like freak out and get mad and my patience is short, I like to think that it's doing something good by being like, hey, like I apologize quick. I apologize a lot. And I'm like, I got really overwhelmed. I got really overstimulated. I shouldn't have reacted like that. And I do feel like it's kind of helped build our relationships. Um, like I said, my oldest is almost 15. So it's, we're still, we've still got a ways to go where I do notice like he can have conversations now. My old, I feel like my older two, my 14 year old and my 12 year old acts like he's 25. He, like, I trust him. Like I could drop him off, you know, in like Connecticut and he'd find his way home. Fine. But my (laughs) oldest, I worry a little more about anyways, but like they, I kind of talk to them, um, both on the same level, but I can have conversations with them that I don't remember my parents ever having with me. And I, same thing. I do think, I think the older I get, the more compassion I have for my parents. I think I had a lot of judgments. Like, you know, you think your parents are perfect and there's this cycle. Then you like, I kind of make him a parent. I'm like, wait, this isn't, this wasn't the way I want it to be. And then they get enough older, they get older enough that I'm like, oh, my kids are for sure going to talk to their therapist about this when they get older. I just plan on it. I just, just plan just on it. At the baby shower, just yeah. start the jar. Start well, the jar. I tell my kids, when you talk to your therapist about this time <laughs> in your life, will you just start Give it off some by context. saying, my mom wants me to like you know read this letter and she wants you to know that she tried real real hard and we see that right so even like with my um with my 12 year old like the way he says things to me that I'm like whoa you are really he says things that like hurt because I'm like that's the worst way I want to be interpreted like you're just trying to control me because you want me to be that way and I'm actually not that way I'm like oh like he says it in a way that I'm like no I'm just trying to understand you (laughs) anyways but I do think that like I really like learning from them. I like talking to them. And so I have noticed the more I'm open with them about the way I feel um, and more apologetic, it seems to be building a relationship, but it's not perfect. Like there's still some levels of frustration and I'm constantly second guessing if I am letting them walk all over me. Like I don't, you know, like I want to build... I, one of our friends, Brooke Romney, I think you guys were both there when we heard her speak about some struggles she's had with one of her kids. And I remember she said something along the lines of like, he's never chosen exactly what I would per se, but I can, I'm really proud of our relationship. And that stuck with me. I'm like, I want a good relationship with my kids. Um, I don't want to be walked all over, but I don't know. I do really enjoy as they get older, having conversations with them that aren't just like about, you know, the Ninja Turtles. Like, but then sometimes I'm like, oh, can we just talk about Ninja Turtles again? For real, because the day they walk out, I was like, do you want to come back and play Legos? I promise I will be happy about it this time. (laughs) Can we rewind? My 17, almost 18 year old is like, can we still get Legos for Christmas? And I just, you just know, because he's my, you know, fourth kid. Yeah. You do want to kind of have that innocence. And and I think that in regards to, to, you know, like mental health and and how we talk about it, knowing that it's okay to talk about the happy and the sad, the Legos and the life decisions and everything in between gives them a more realistic portrayal of like adulthood. Yeah. That you don't have to give up the total, you know, it's not, you know, you're going through a hard time mentally, but you can also have 
have joy during that time too, and there can yeah. be moments of silliness and happiness too, is 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 something that I've always wanted my kids to to know, and I and I've wanted them to see that. And you know, their dad did a really great job when he was going through a really hard time, and um, they so they don't have conflicted feelings. I hope yeah. about that, yeah. but it's something that you have to really practice. And I find myself like, oh, I've already learned this lesson for my own mental health and how to help others. Yeah. Why do I have to keep learning it over and over again? It's because it's so hard and you just have to like practice yeah. it. But th- I like exactly. that adjustment because you're giving your kids license to do it, but you're also giving your per- yeah. yourself permission. I would say one of the things I get frustrated when I'm finding myself doing the same mistake or the same pattern or something um, to envision a cone or you know, a pyramid where you you are going on the same path, but it's getting smaller. It's a it's a it's a it's a quicker rotation, even though it's the same channel and it's and it's elevating. And I would say one of the things that I knew as a perfectionist and coming from the childhood that I did was that I needed to normalize making mistakes. My firstborn probably didn't have that experience as much with me. Yeah. He deals with neurodifferences with ADHD, and so I was very much parenting around like consistency and control my daughter on the other hand now that she's an adult has reflected mom you always every day you would say to me what mistake did you make today and then you would celebrate it as if it was the greatest thing I had achieved I will just be fully transparent that was me trying to reparent myself and reteach myself and create an environment where mistakes were celebrated so that that channel of oh my gosh I'm messing up again in the same way why do I keep doing the same thing that that channel in my mind was like this is to be celebrated you're doing it again but you're maybe going through the rotation quicker maybe you approach it just a little differently this time way to change that self-talk well I mean, I'm grateful that my daughter has reflected back that that somehow got through to her (laughs) because I was sometimes like you mop the floor and then that's when the cereal ball would drop. Right. Or the grape juice. And I remember I'd have to pause in my head as a mom because I knew my kids were watching my face and my reaction. And I knew where my bandwidth was physically and emotionally and mentally. And I would have to I practice that as a habit, like, oh, my gosh, yay, mistake, isn't that? Or I would say people are stuff. That was my response when there was a broken something or a mess. I would say people are stuff. And my kids would go, not stuff, mom, it's people, it's people. And that was a pause Uh for me as a mom to go, you're right, it's people, it's not stuff. We can fix that, you know. So I would just say as parents, we're reparenting ourselves sometimes through our own relationship with our kids and for good or for bad. That's why there was a therapy jar the minute the baby was born. (laughs) I was like, firstborn, you get double. You're the first pancake. Sorry. (laughs) Rebecca, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, well, two things. Um, When you live in a house with kids that have only one of my children has visible, like very visible special needs. My daughter, Grace, who has Down syndrome, and she's 14 and she is pure. He's evil. Let me tell you, no, no, I can't. I'm not allowed to say that. People don't um, think that's funny, but it is really funny because when you live with a daughter with Down syndrome, whose name is Grace, um, she'll walk up to me if I'm having a hard day, and she'll go, "Hey, okay, Miss Hannigan." She calls me Miss Hannigan all the time. Hannigan all the time. She's her favorite villain, and she'll go. She'll tell the kids, she'll go, "Mom's Ursula." Yeah. I know I am Ursula because I can't sing, so I am doing a whole like Ariel, steal your voice from all the Adele's of the world. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I feel so sorry for Miss Hannigan. Poor Miss. My mom used to always lovingly call herself Miss Hannigan because she had six little girls, you know, so my mom would be like, it is my theme song. Um, 
I remember when I married my husband, there was such a difference in my family dynamic and his family dynamic. And I would almost get embarrassed how dramatic my family felt. I was like, whenever we're with my husband's family, everyone's so nice. And they like talk about sports and like it's so <laughs> calm and I remember kind of telling my mom because I'm I'm the oldest and so I still had a couple siblings at home and my sister was still in out of mental hospitals and like having so much and I just felt like everyone was fighting it was just like so crazy and I remember kind of like telling my mom like I'm just so embarrassed whenever like Justin comes over like it feels like so crazy and she just was like Ashley his family has not been through what our family has been through and he has a lovely family I love my husband's family they're all very nice but it it is a different kind of relationship. And as adults, we're like 16 years out of that really, really crazy time. And there's seven of us as well. And we've all had different things going on. And we are very, very, very close. And we have deep relationships that you really only get through going through these hard things as a family. And I can see it now, 15 years later, at the time I would be frustrated. But I think I actually know my mom now is grateful for it. So I know you're in the thick of it and you don't want to hear like, oh, it's going to be good for you. But there will be a special energy that comes with your family and a mutual respect and empathy for people who struggle that your kids are learning now. And it's not fair, but and I really just see it differently now where I'm like, our relationships are really, really beautiful. They're complicated and they're hard, but I prefer that over talking about BYU sports. (laughs) (laughs) The Lisa Show is a production of BYU Radio. It's hosted by Lisa Valentine Clark and produced by McKay Menden and Becca Hurley with help from Kaya Dibb with music and post-production by Sam Clausen and Clark Jackman. Please send this episode to a friend or help others find the show by leaving us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.